You're listening to episode 24 of the Kitmad Pod. So now we have as many episodes as Napoli had shirts last season. Welcome back to an all action pod. This week we've got the news, kit history, our feature, Confessions of a Kitman is back, and of course, the favourite 101. But first, who's joining us this week? Mike at Footy Shirts. It's Tom at Shirt Fan. And the talking Scotsman, Scott at Flying Scotty. Before we get into the news, then I have a grievance I want to raise. Um, I think everybody that was paying attention will have seen that the uh, Barry shirt won the Shirt of the Year competition. I would like to give a shout out to Alexis and Paul Patrick for clearly uh, favouring the Galaxy shirt. But I just need all of the listeners, whether it's one or more than one, to know that me and Tom were stitched up. So Mike was going to pick the Bayern from the start, but AD very sneakily in the old... uh, group chat build up about what we were going to do said he was going to pick the Parma uh, charity hospital shirt and very tactfully asked the three of us what shirt we thought was shirt of the year and went last and dropped a bomb that he wasn't picking the Parma shirt so me and Tom couldn't pick it and picked his Barry shirt so I demand a recount the vote was rigged I don't know what you're talking about Scott um no no idea I to to be honest, Scott, I wouldn't worry too much because I, I don't think the LA Galaxy finished last, did I? I think that was the Madrid anyway. And as a result, Tom's actually been sacked from the pod as of the end of this pod. So, yeah. All I can say is, if I speak, I'll be in trouble. <laughs> football heritage. Um, Where's the football heritage, people? Before we move on to the news, I've got a quick quiz question for you, gentlemen. Where do you think the Kitmag pod ranks in the football charts in Singapore? I'm going 23. Any advances in 23? I will go 12. Ooh, that's about where we are in Estonia, not where we are in Singapore. I'm going to go big and I'm going to say we're number five. Number five. Mike, we are number four in Singapore. And it rhymes. <laughs> nice. But seriously, chaps, I don't know if you checked, but we're doing really well in the charts. And it's a big thank you to all our listeners who you know, tune in every week, who give us feedback and great suggestions. So thank you to everybody listening. Right now, on to the news. I think the biggest news in the kit world this week is around the Women's 2022 European Championship, but not necessarily for them wearing the shirts. No, so I had a look at a little look at this before we came on. Um, so as we know, the Adidas kits that we saw released for the women a little while back that we covered on the pod, um, they this week were worn by a few of the men's uh, countries. Also, sorry, the ladies' kits that we saw uh, uh, released uh, were worn by the men this week. Um, I saw that obviously we all watched the Germany game. I think the kit looks fantastic in that, by the way. As Germany here just delaying, but that's a lovely pass from Kimmich on for Hofmann, and it's a fantastic finish. Um, and I believe Spain and Belgium also wore the kits. What, what did you guys think of that? I quite like that the women's teams and the men's teams are getting closer, and and I like that they share kits. I mean, I, I do prefer that the women bring out their own kits because I think it, it gives us all an, an opportunity to have another kit if you like it. But I thought it was a cool, you know, it was a nice switch that the men decided to wear the kits. And I'm getting, 
to be honest, I, I, I read that, they, that Germany broke the rules because the women's kits only has two stars. So according to UEFA, they've broken kit rules. And I'm sick of UEFA because they keep ruining kits. And it's details that nobody cares about. Like, who cares that they wore two stars? Do you know what I mean? Nobody. So I think UEFA just need to stick to their corruption and keep out of the kit world because they're, they ruin kits season after season with their stupid font rules or their you know badge rules back to the Roma kits. You can't have more than three logos. They just need to pack it in. They're winding everybody up. For, for anybody who does care about that, um, what Scott's referring to is Article 33, which says all of an association's men's or women's representative teams may wear one star on their playing attire for each FIFA World Cup title won by the association's corresponding, i.e. men's or women's national team. Youth teams are allowed to wear the stars of respective men's or women's senior teams, but men's teams cannot wear the stars of women's and vice versa. So that's where the infraction came in so basically germany were not allowed to only wear the two stars now i believe if they would have removed the stars completely and had a starless shirt they would have been okay um interestingly spain they wore the the women's kit and they did put their star on there which obviously the the women's team don't have and unfortunately for belgium they don't have any stars so it wasn't a problem for them ultimately though that's because they keep playing lukaku up front (laughs) No, you just, just don't listen into Milan. He's brilliant. <laughs> but ultimately, what are UEFA going to do now that they have won? What are they, what, what are they going to do? Because it's been done. How Are they going to, what, dock them Nations League points? Yeah, 3-0 win to England, apparently. Harry Kane's got a hat-trick. We finally won. The wait is over. No, it, it does look like there, there may well be uh, a fine for, for in the infraction, which seems a bit... Pointless, really, didn't it? Bored off, just... UEFA. Yeah. Exactly. UEFA put it... bored off. <laughs> great for the profile of the women's game, though, isn't it? You know, with the Euros coming up, it's great profile for to see those kits, and hopefully they'll sell a load more of them as well. And I really like that they're bringing them out in men's sizes too. I think that's that's great because why shouldn't you know men be able to wear the women's support the women's teams as well with a shirt that actually fits them? Moving on, we already may have some kit changes afoot ahead of the 2022-23 season after release date. Is that right, Tom? Yeah, this refers to Newcastle. And of course, Castor, Castore have brought out the Newcastle shirt for the 22-23 season. But because of their new Saudi ownership, there is going to be a change of sponsor for that Newcastle home shirt, well, all of their shirts, because it is Fun88, I believe is their current sponsor, which is going to be stripped because it goes against Saudi Arabian uh, laws, because gambling is not legal in Saudi Arabia. So it's good. We're seeing the removal of a gambling sponsor from a shirt, but it does kind of raise the question of what it's going to be replaced by. Is it going to be something that links the club even closer to the regime in Saudi Arabia? Because it could be a Saudi-backed business is the rumour. Um, yeah, so it does kind of raise some ethical questions, but an interesting one. So for, for me, I don't really, I'm obviously in a non-caring mood today, but yeah, I don't really care about the politics behind it. They'll just have to, to get on with that. But I think it's very interesting in terms of a, a shirt perspective. And my advice to Newcastle fans would be order the shirt immediately. 
before they take them off the shelves because you know down the, down the line you'll have a shirt that that will have a story attached to it because it was released and then the sponsor was changed and then i would buy the new one that comes out with a new sponsor and you'll have both and you'll you know because these kind of things they'll obviously stop producing them so they're inherently going to be slightly rarer um yeah so get, get them ordered because if that's going to happen you could have yourself a, a collector's item especially if they go city's way and, and get big and start winning stuff it, it'll have a really cool story attached to it so get it bought i think yeah to, to add to that it could be interesting as well because obviously as we know depending on what the new sponsor is some teams have got a history of pulling stuff out of the warehouses and putting sponsors straight back over the top of what's what's there so there could even be a few that that come out in in future with the the, the, the original sponsor underneath it's not unheard of yeah back to the fiorentina days I think another thing that's interesting as well, if if Newcastle were going to start making changes like this to their kit based on what is acceptable in Saudi Arabia, it will be interesting because according to gov.uk, foreign travel advice to Saudi Arabia, it's also not okay to show your knees in public. So all Newcastle players will have to have their socks pulled up if that's the case. I, I say they wear, are they called pantaloons? Those are, you know, those sort of like elastic things that come just below your knees. I, I say all Newcastle players should be forced to wear those in every Premier League game they play. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but where does it end? You know, where does it end this kind of stuff? And I mean, God forbid we're bemoaning the removal of a gambling sponsor, but yeah, here we are. Can we think of any other examples where this has happened in recent years where kits, kits have been released and the sponsors have changed? So I did have a little look at a couple. There was the one we mentioned it earlier in the season when Blackburn changed their sponsor it went from recoverite compression to totally wicked but that was socially economic reasons after covid the the company went bust and they had to re- replace the sponsor that was probably the most recent one i can remember did southampton do it at the start of the season a couple of years ago because i think some of those southampton shirts would be sponsors it might be literally two years ago go for like a good few hundred quid now i think i, I think i remember some of these southampton i know that um wasn't it Nottingham Forest that was sponsored by the, the football index as well? And something happened with that and that was removed from their shirts. I can't remember if they went sponsorless after or if they just went with a, a new sponsor. But obviously that, that was that was quite a big one. Obviously still very prominent in the news at the moment with everything going on with football index as well. So Yeah, I'm sure it happened to West Ham as well. Didn't they end up with a black box or something on their shirt one year? Yeah, West Ham they were sponsored by XL and that, that, that was a package holiday firm and it collapsed. And uh, that was right at the start of the 08-09 season, I think. And they, yeah, they just kind of like whacked a box over it with the player squad number in it. Also interesting, uh, forgive me if one of you guys already mentioned this and I've not listened to you, um, but Newcastle have a history of this, don't they? So Newcastle were sponsored by Northern Rock when Northern Rock went back. And I believe they were covered by Virgin Money in the same season. You also had the Rangers-Celtic fiasco when they were sponsored by Carling. Because whenever a lot of the times they went into Europe, there was alcohol restrictions on sponsors. And I think they, they just did the black box as well. Oh, of course. West Ham this year as well in Seville. They weren't allowed to wear their sponsor because Spain doesn't allow uh, gambling companies on shirts there. So they had to go sponsorless. Same with Rangers. We spoke about that the other week. They, yeah. they had the German issue and then the Sevilla issue, yeah. I was listening to you, Scott, but Tom obviously wasn't. The final bit of news this week, um, the final bit of news this week comes around some handy rule changes in the EFL. 
Yeah, so this is obviously for a very good reason, but I can tell it's going to wind some people up because what the EFL have done is in the, in the Football League as of this season, teams will now be allowed to wear their away kits or their third kits at home should it cause a colour clash with the away team in terms of uh, colour blindness. And not only that, but throughout the season, they will be allowed to mix and match any element of any kit they have. So you could have the home top, the away shorts, and the third kit socks. And it's all to aid um, colour blindness. And it's all in aid to make it easier for the fan to watch. And it's not the first time we've seen it, because as we discussed heavily in the Twitter community, that Serie A did the same. They banned any team that didn't have a home kit that was already green from wearing green kits because they believed it made it difficult for some fans to, uh, yeah, it was too, there was too big a contrast between the players and the grass. So, yeah, it looks like the EFL have, have put that in the official rule book now. So, I think that's, that's quite interesting because um, I, did, I didn't know that myself. Um, but obviously it now makes sense with what Stoke have done with their kits this year because obviously they were, well, on release day, they were really, really pushing the idea of all of the shorts and socks being interchangeable throughout uh, the, both the home away and third kit. So I think now that the, the penny's dropped on that one and it all makes sense. And, you know, I think if, if clubs know that that's the case, you know, I think Stoke is a really good example of how you can actually make that work to your advantage anyway, because I think those kits with those interchangeable shorts and socks looked great. And we all know that these mix and matches happen throughout the season anyway. So why not base the kits on knowing that's going to happen? Yeah, I think Walsall are another one that have done that. And, you know, they advertised on release a few weeks ago how they can interchange all the kits. And it, it looks great, isn't it? It's another design element to it. Think if it lines them all up, home, away and third. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's definitely a good thing just aesthetically because, yeah, it makes for nicer kits. But, I mean, if 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 that hasn't been thought about, though, the interchangeability, it's going to lead to some Frankenstein's monster creations on the pitch, isn't it? And it's also going to make Kit Geek's life very difficult because his spreadsheet's going to be mental. Yeah, thoughts and <laughs> prayers with you for next season. <laughs> Before we wrap up the news, obviously it's new kit release season and there's a hell of a lot of kits that have been released over the last seven days. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do quick fire. I'm going to say the kit. I want the three of you to each give me a one-word answer that sums up your thoughts on the kits. Everybody understand? Nods don't work on podcasts, gentlemen. Yes. 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 <laughs> Good, then we'll kick off. Wolverhampton Wanderers, home. Boring. Dog shit. Uh, Leon, home. <laughs> stripes. I like the stripes. The multicoloured stripes. Stunning. I can't, I can't do it with one word. <laughs> I, I, I need like this kill Scott. I like the colours. I like the colour way. <laughs> Scott, we'll let you elaborate to four word answers. Um, West Ham. <laughs> Cool, really cool. It is hard with one word. Um, I'm going to say glorious. (laughs) Love the cuffs. (laughs) A team in Spain's moved from Kappa to Hummel. So what do we think of the first Real Batiste effort? Tom? Solid. That that was my word. I'm I'm, I'm doing it as well. Solid. (laughs) Scott? Shite. (laughs) Scott, I know you want to elaborate on this one. Come on. Why is it it not good? I have to elaborate. Yeah. The the front is really nice, but the back, so you've got, it's even worse than a plain back. So you've got a box on your back, but from your love handles to your backside, you've got a random set of stripes, just very poorly thought out. Moving on, we've mentioned it already, but Newcastle, Tom? Okay, just okay. Boring. Retro. 
Spurs have released their exciting new home kit. Again. Was that your word? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, was thr- I, I, was, I was thrown again. by that. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say template. Meh. <laughs> do you know what? Let's do Bristol City as two items. Bristol City goalkeeper shirts. Tom. Funky. Mike. Amazing. And Scott. Great. Bristol City home shirt. Dull. Poor. Throwback. Um, let's finish on a high, though. Athletic Bill Bow, home and away. I know they've been released consecutive weeks, but I'll let you have a few more words on this if you want. So does anybody want to um, give their thoughts on that? Good, good, good solid shirts, to be fair. I mean, it's obviously it's difficult when you're just red and white stripes to do something too out there, because as we see, that you get a lot of backlash if you start deviating too much from, from a club's identity. But it's a good, solid shirt. It's decent. And that away, Scott, what do you think of the away? Yeah, I mean, I think it looks really good, actually. I quite like the the lion. does look really nice. It's a, kind of a, uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The geo, it's like the sharp, sharp lines. What am I? Geometry. Geometry. My mind's gone. Yeah, geometric, that's it. It's like a, the, a geometric line on it, and I think it looks quite cool. And I don't really like the, the plain sleeves, though, but I suppose they... It's probably difficult to, to bring the pattern onto the sleeves, but New Balance is good if you've got the right shape and body. Well, that's been really well received. I think the Home and Away set could possibly be some of the shirts of the season already. Anybody seen the Celtic Away? I think it needs a special mention. Is that the black Again, one? A, yeah, throwback. Yeah. Yeah, it's a throwback to the 92, and I think Adidas has pulled it off really well. I think Celtic fans are going to be really happy with that one. It'll be a, a big seller, I think. That wraps up the news. Now onto kit history. Kid history, kid history, we haven't made it up. Kid history, kid history, we read it on Wikipedia. Right, in a nice little tie-in to the end of the news there, this week I have taken us to Athletic Bilbao. Um, so obviously, as everybody knows, they wear red and white stripes. So it is believed that these colours come from a visit to London by a chap by the name, and excuse the pronunciation here, of Juan Alodai. I have no idea if that's correct, uh, who was asked to purchase a new kit for the club. So he actually couldn't find enough kits in London. So basically, he went down to Southampton to get his ship back to Spain. And whilst he was there, he noticed that Southampton wear the same colours as the flag of Bilbao. So he ended up buying 50 kits to take back with him. So that's apparently where the red and white stripes come from. And this, again, allegedly ties in nicely because then going forward in Spain, uh, all of their mattresses were made out of red and white fabric. So the fabric to make football shirts was actually really easy to buy, pre-dyed in red and white stripes in in mass quantity to cut up into football shirts. So not only not only did he luck out by coming home via Southampton, but it just happened to be the same pattern that was so readily available back in Spain. And uh, uh, I'm going to say, apparently, again, that is how they come to wear their red and white stripes. This is the second week out of three that it's involved the boat. Look, I, I, I am just the messenger in these, right? I, despite what anyone might think, it is not Wikipedia where I get this information from. I always check it on a few different in a few different places. 
And that is the, the, the story that's believed about how their kits came about. And look, I, I know that there's a chance that, you know, somewhere, somewhere along the line that may have been hashed a little bit. But if it's good enough for Athletic Bilbao fans, it's good enough for me. And hey, this is a podcast. Everything we say is fact. I care enough about Southampton and Ath- Athletic Bilbao to not follow that up and take <laughs> your word for gospel. If they ate Raspberry Ripple, you could say they ate and slept the red and white of the club as well. <laughs> Confessions of a Kit Man. 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 So this week's story is all about the importance of communication in a football environment. So I'm given a squad, a squad list for the game. Uh, I start to set up. The coach runs back to me. This player's not in the squad. You need to uh, remove all of his stuff. So he won't be travelling. So don't let him know. He's just not going. So that's fine. So brilliant. Set everything up. Uh, ready to go and another coach pops his head in the door have you got the squad list yep not a problem got it all know what we're doing so we do everything we set it all up we travel to the game we put everything out everything's ready to go as the players walk in as they walk in i turn around and the player that isn't meant to be there is there so I've instantly looked at the manager, the manager's looked at me, I've looked at the coach that's told me the squad list, I've looked at the other coach that came and asked, did I have the squad list? We've all looked at each other, it's that classic Spider-Man, was it you, was it you, was it you? Job. Problem is, we need a solution. Uh, The player's got no kit. So, thinking on my feet as always, uh, we have something called the blood bag, which I've probably mentioned a few times before. I open it up, there's a full kit in there, in the player's size. So I run along the corridor to their kit man, to the opposition kit man, and ask really nicely, can I use your printing press, some letters and some numbers? So while all the lads are getting ready, I'm there in their kit room, printing up a kit for the boy, get it all sorted, perfect. He's out for warm-up, he's all in his kit, everything's done on time. Best bit of the story, boy didn't even get on the pitch. So kit wasn't needed anyway. Confessions of a kit man. 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 So that that's a mad story that someone just turned up and they, you know, they just let him stick around anyway. A bit like we do with you, Scott, when you turn up every week. <laughs> just just say, just say like, was it John Terry? Were they lifting a trophy? Was it John Terry? Why did somebody just turn up? <laughs> anyway, this week, me and Mike had the absolute pleasure to talk to Connor, who you may all know as at the underscore rainbow kit on Twitter. For this week's feature, we've got Connor and he's here just to talk a little bit about his collection and the fact that it's Pride Month. So, so yeah, so Connor, you're, you're a kit collector like the rest of us. So what, what do you collect mainly? I suppose first and foremost, because I'm a Man City fan, it's trying to get as many Man City shirts as possible, which I've got all the, got the easy ones down, got all the recent season ones, but now we're having to start getting into the the late 90s Umbros and Kappas and slowly the collection has started to run up quite a hefty bill. But apart from that, you know, just collecting whatever whatever weird and wonderful kits I can get my hands on. Really, it's just my own personal aesthetic and collection. So the, the primary thing with my collection is I like to wear it. So 
for me, if I buy a shirt, it has to have a bit of wearability for me. I can't be getting a shirt that's just going to sit there and gather dust. I always remember, Connor, seeing one of your posts of your Man City collection. And it's it's big, isn't it? It's a big collection you have of City shirts. How far does it go back? Is yeah. it like to 99 through to current day or something like that? Uh, the oldest one I have is from the 89 to 91 home. It's kind of a little, a little bit patchy from the 90s. And then it's more consistent once we kind of get to the turn of the millennium so i've got i've got the 96 away that's just the red and black stripe but with the very weird white gray kind of meshy design on the sleeves that's the one that is that the same template chelsea used tom the one that you picked up recently is, is it that temp peak 90s classic kits aren't they just like hideously uh, brilliant you know what those designers were on when they decided <laughs> yeah let's just stick two massive shoulder design parts because why not <laughs> <laughs> So so ne- next step's the Kappas then? Well, that's it. I've got one Kappa down. I've got the home one. The next on my list is to get the white and navy Kappa away. I think that was our first um, away kit from Kappa. And then obviously get the, the iconic playoff final kit. Although that one is obviously not going to come too easy. And then it would be great to get, it would be great to get, I'd say, I, it would be a better find for me to get the goalkeeper kit from the playoff final. Do, do you have um, name sets on your shirts, Connor, or are you a non-name set collector? It depends. I don't I don't seek out name sets. Uh, if, if one name set really catches my eye, I, w- I would definitely try to get it. Like for last season, City um, away with the navy and or the black with the navy bridged pattern. I really loved the bronze kind of copper uh the copper badge and the sponsor logo so when that away shirt came out i said that i was i had to get the cup name set because it was in that uh that puma typeface that was worn by italy and uh Borussia dortmund um at the time and i think it was around january 21 and the city store had a sale and I was able to get it with De Bruyne on the back in the bronze lettering. And yeah, that 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 is probably one of my favorite shirts in general because I was able to get it with the with that particular name set. Other than that, name sets don't particularly bother me whether whether I have them or not. Sometimes it can detract from a kit, and I think, especially with Premier League, the Premier League typefaces, as nice as they are. Sometimes they don't necessarily fit the shirt. I was going to say, it's literally just occurred to me, though, with, with City, as a City shirt collector, you, they must, a, a collector of name sets on City shirts must have one of the kind of broadest array of players, more than any other team. You know, you're going from your, your Kevin Horlocks to your Kevin De Bruyne, which is some, <laughs> some jump, isn't it? Most teams can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that the most fascinating part of that for any city collector is probably that middle, the the middle ground. Like, um, was it Taksin Shinawatra that owned Man City for the the time before the mm-hmm. the Arabic consortium come in? Um, and obviously, in that period, they had some unbelievably odd names coming through the club like Ilano was coming through and 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 you know just just some amazing players that I think that we've forgotten about. Because of what came after, so maybe, maybe I think if I was a City fan, I'd be looking for all of those ones. <laughs> well, I do have, I do have an Alano name set shirt, and it was from the UEFA Cup season, which was the first season of uh, of the Emirati takeover 
um, back when we had uh, the star signing Rubinho and uh, Vincent Company and Zabaleta's first seasons. But I, I have I have the home shirt with the Thomas Cook sponsor from from Le Coq Sportif, and it has the UEFA Cup Alano name set. And again, it's it's one of my favourites. <laughs> it's a good shirt. It's a good shirt and a good name. There, there's another shirt in your collection I'd like to quickly ask about, though. Um, and we can't go too deeply into this part of, of your collection because otherwise it'll all get edited out. So you, <laughs> I've seen on your 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 socials, you've got one of the, I believe it's a blacksmith um, shirt. You've got the Brett Hitman Hart one, haven't you? Yeah, actually, I only bought that recently because um, blacksmith restocked the pink Hitman uh, shirt ahead of their um, their new Bret Hart shirt, which is also very, very nice. The the sharpshooter one with like the kind of paint splatters. And I'm a little bit, uh, have a little bit of FOMO there, but uh, <laughs> I definitely think the, the, the pink one is very, you, you can definitely tell who it's inspired by. Myself and Tom have chatted about these previews. I think when the the HBK ones came out, I think both of us were really tempted to to go for one of those, even though like the concept shirts are not usually our thing. I think yeah, you were close, weren't you, Tom? For anyone that didn't realise, all three of us here are huge, not just football shirt fans, but huge wrestling fans. So we did have a big chat about wrestling before we started recording this, and we're we're sneaking it into the podcast <laughs> podcast now. But yeah, that we, we're I'm a fan of those those blacksmith shirts even though concept shirts are not normally the thing but uh yeah we're definitely going to get a slap on the wrist for, for bringing these <laughs> <laughs> so on on that note we'll bring it back to, to football shirts before we get sacked for the next episode um obviously as i say anybody that follows you on social media will know that you are a very open and proud member of the lgbt community and last year you did the amazing Pride Challenge, which, you know, most people, I think, within the community got involved in. Now, how happy were you with the, with the response that you got from that? Because we saw them being shared, like, all over the place. So it must have been quite a good feeling to see that. Oh, yeah, it was overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive. Um, I had no idea that it was going to take off just quite as well as it did. Um, when I started it, I put a lot of thought into what I wanted to do. and. I just I thought that it would get a little bit of traction, but the, the level of, of participation um, through the entire challenge as well was was just unbelievable. Uh, we ended up raising, I think it was well over £200 for, for the designated charities. So it was, it was great to see how much money we raised and how much participation there was. And just to bring a real sense of community to all of the fellow shirt collectors and just seeing everybody band together even if it was you know even even if it wasn't for something for a campaign that I had started it was just great getting that sense of of community and everyone's sense of charity and participation it was really it was just really special and at the end I was able to make a collage of everybody's shirts in the style of the pride flag and just seeing the amount of shirts that were actually profiled and featured it was it was crazy we all see the 
the crap that, that comes out on some of these posts and stuff. So it's just good to see that there is a good side to Twitter as well. And, you know, the supportive side can be shown sometimes, um, which leads me on to the, the fact that it's, it's Pride Month now. Um, so obviously we don't have Premier League this year because obviously when, when we have Rainbow Laces campaign, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is a great thing, we see all the Premier League teams showing their support for that. But we are getting uh, rainbow captains bound for international games. And we've had the the Pride uh, MLS pre-match shows, which I, I think were really cool. I think you're a big fan of those yourself. I, th- I think I saw on, on Twitter as well. Absolutely. But um, Absolutely. yeah, how how important is all of this to, to keep momentum and to just to keep everybody showing support for the course? It's it's huge, especially in, in football, which is such a has such a reputation of being um overly overly male overly heteros um overly cisgender and i while people you know what detractors may want to say that it's virtue signaling or or um that it's an empty gesture it's actually not because it's it's acknowledging um, a community which in the past has been made to feel marginalised by the sport, and that it's a you know that that's obviously very sad. So when the term football is for everyone, it's not an empty platitude. It's true, and the more visibility that the top players in the top leagues can provide, the more safe of an environment and more inclusive of an environment um, the game can become. We're already seeing that with the likes of Jake Daniels for Blackpool coming out uh, with such a such a brave gesture and something that you know you couldn't even fathom uh, even as 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 uh, near as ten years ago. So these gestures do matter. You know, you may think that oh, it's it's just a rainbow flag. You know, it's just a captain's armband. Who's going to notice that? But it's the message that the game is trying to get across of inclusivity and celebrating diversity and saying, okay, we know what our perception is. We know what people's perception on the street is about football and football fans, and it's about not only accepting people from every community and every background but it's also breaking down some of the perceived stereotypes of football fans and changing people's perceptions and just redefining what the game means and what it means to be a football fan in this day and age so i i really i i do think that these these actions they do speak volumes and it does make people feel more included and the more that the top leagues and FAs can do to make everybody feel represented, the better. I think you're right. I think football can be such a a force for good and the visibility that things like this creates, it can only be helpful in terms of changing perception, changing culture, that kind of thing. And I mean, one of the ways that football does that is by keeping things visible, keeping a message visible. And of course, that leads to all these great kits that we see. We've seen, like Mike said, the MLS pre-match ones. Are there any that you think are particularly good or maybe even ones you don't like? Is there just, do you have any thoughts on those kind of kits? 
Well, the one I'm currently wearing is the Kitten Bone um, St. Polly on Sea, um, the, their Love is Love shirt, which I thought was a very good take on a pride or a, a use of colours in a way that you don't typically expect. I think while I do love seeing the traditional rainbow flag on shirts, <laughs> At this point, we've had all the great efforts from Rio Vallecano. Um, Providence City's one is really nice. But for me now, it's about, okay, well, if you want to release a pride shirt, what kind of designs and intricacies can you put into that shirt? So one of the ones that I've really liked, um, as we touch upon, is the MLS warm-up from this year. And I actually liked it because it had a different sort of like, it almost kind of reminded me of like, you know, drawing chalk on a pavement in all different colors. That's kind of, that's kind of the look that it, that it gave to me. And, you know, then for some reason, then that reminded me of like a a rainbow crossing that you might see in some cities. I definitely, I definitely liked that. All the MLS efforts have been great. I'm just thinking that there's a Dutch team, and then it's gone from my head. But they've got a pride kit. I'm pretty sure classic yeah. shirts. Stock them. What team was that? Tell Telstar, I think it was. Yes, that was a yeah. great shirt. That was very nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love I love the fact that it was white. I like a good white shirt. And see the the kind of gradient design of like the colors coming in but it's funny you, you touched on St. Pauli I think St. Pauli are a really really good club to use as an example for this because I think anybody who's got a St. Pauli shirt from the last few years would know that they don't just do it on special kits so the rainbow flag's present on a lot of their standard kits I've got a couple of Under Armour shirts from the last couple mm-hmm. of seasons and like we touched on I think that the, the the visibility of that being always there rather than just being the, the you know a special pride kit is probably more important even than just a one-off occasion you know using that as I say as an example it being there all the time is a constant reminder which I personally I think we we could definitely do with more of yeah absolutely it's a great way to again tie in tie in pride with the sporting community and definitely you know it's almost it almost does feel like an inclusive football kit which definitely takes all of all of my boxes yeah, well, I think I think that's as good a place uh, as any to to end it, really. So, you know, thanks for coming on. Anybody listening, we just reiterate because I nearly fumbled it after our chat before the record at the start. It's at the <laughs> underscore rainbow kit to follow Connor. So make sure you do that. So, yeah, thanks thanks a lot for for talking to us, Connor. We appreciate that. Yeah, thanks a lot, Connor. It's been really good. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. Disgrace. I am flabbergasted. Analyze it for the codes come on. Shocking. I am. I am disgusted with it. Hello, it is I, Ollie from Kitted Out Pod, otherwise known as Kitted Out Ollie, otherwise known as your wife's favourite shirt account. Um, I would like to put sponsorless shirts into Kit Room 101. Controversial opinion, I know. But my being the ripe uh, age of of 25, I I feel like I I am in the position 
to uh, tell people that they're wrong and sponsorless shirts just look incomplete. The kit design now, football has become incredibly uh, commercialised. Um, I, I want to be advertised to on a day-in, day-out basis uh, and, and shirt design has gone that way as well. You look at some kits without, like, I remember Galatasaray having no sponsors. Boo! Boring! The first thing I want to say is this. I didn't realise we were going to have more City fans on this pod than there are in the Etihad, but that's that's besides <laughs> the point. Who wants to kick us off this week? I'll, I'll go first on this one. And I agree with Ollie, and it's mainly down to one kit and the opinions people have on this one kit. That's, that swayed me and, and made me decide where I want to put this. And it's the Inter Milan home kit, which I'm pretty sure I bang on about every week since we started doing this pod. But when it came out, people liked it. Oh, kit of the year, kit of the year. And then, you know, the sponsor came out a little bit later because when the shirt was released, it was sponsorless. And everyone was like, oh, crypto, no, we don't like that. I can't have crypto, it's worse than gambling and all this rubbish. It's not better without the sponsor. It's not. You wouldn't buy a house without a roof or a car without tires. It's just not. It's not complete. It. it I don't care what the sponsor is, but it always looks better. So yeah, sponsor the shirts straight in room one hundred and one. The only thing worse than that shirt with a sponsor is a fan token. So I can't. <laughs> I can't agree with you on that one. And they used it in a friendly without a sponsor, so it's still a shirt. And I own it sponsorless. <laughs> That's why I'm defending it. Just because you love Lukaku and he played in it sponsorless. <laughs> um, I'm with Tom, I'm afraid. Don't like them. Uh, as Ollie said, I think they're looking complete. I think football shirts now, we're so accustomed to a sponsor being across the middle, as we touched on, whether you like it or not, whether it's gambling or not. I, If, if I'm honest with you, purely for an aesthetic reason, I would choose to have a gambling sponsor on there over no sponsor just because I think it looks more like a football shirt that way um it's just the, the way I like it I just yeah no the, the sponsorless can go for me I think you've just made me think as well sponsorless if it's meant to have a sponsor goes in the bin if it's meant to be sponsorless that's different that's a different story Scott you're still uh you're still shaking your head and and getting angry and turning red and I'm not sure if that's just because you're Scottish or you're you're wearing to say something else I'm going to have to disagree, and it's not just because Ollie's a City fan. The re- there's one reason and one reason only I- I'm going to disagree, and it's because I cannot put this shirt in Room 101 because it's one of my favourite shirts of all time. It's potentially the shirt that was worn during the greatest ever, not only the greatest ever Champions League final goal, but potentially one of the greatest ever Champions League goals. And that was... Uh, the shirt I recently shared on my Twitter, which is the Real Madrid 2001-2002 Champions League shirts. They wore their, their home away in third without a sponsor that year. And the goal by Zidane, it just, I absolutely adore that shirt, even though it's sponsorless. And I do agree with Mike that I, I th- and Ollie that I think they're more aesthetically pleasing with a sponsor, but that one shirt alone means I can't put them in 101. Otherwise, I'd lose that shirt. So I can't was, that shirt, was that shirt readily available with sponsor on at the time? Yeah. The Real Madrid, when they released them, they released all the versions. 
and I'm not sure of the politics behind why the European ones were sponsorless. But yeah, remember they went through a phase that they did that in Europe. Um, Classic Football Shirts did a really good YouTube video on it, actually, because they went through a couple of seasons and they, they literally had six different shirts because all of their European ones were sponsorless. For, for my, my two pennies on this, if, if a team wore it sponsorless, absolutely okay with that. Um, and some shirts do genuinely look better without sponsors. But if a team wore it with sponsors on the pitch, it's supposed to have sponsors on it. It's not a football shirt. It then becomes a fashion item. And I collect football shirts. I don't collect fashion items. So I want what the team had on the pitch. And then I link into collectability. If I'm looking back at, you know, predominantly 90 shirts I collect, I want to see and I want to buy what the players wore at the time. It's about memories, it's about what the team wore. And if I've got the choice of buying one with sponsor and one without, I'm 100% going with the one with sponsor that the players wore. The one without sponsor is just, it's just, you know, it's fashion items. And as far as I'm concerned, it's not a football shirt. And they can get in the bin. And also one more thing, gents. My battery cut out last week. And what was, what were we talking about? Score draws. They're in the bin. This is a collector's football shirt collecting room 101. They're in the bin. They're not a football shirt. They're a fashion item. I, I think that because you were careless with your battery and you, you were reckless and you imploded and disappeared I think that it's only fair you don't get a say in that one. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Do friendlies count? If it's a match-worn shirt, the friendly counts. And I say only a match-worn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If it was supposed to be warm with sponsors, then it's supposed to be warm with sponsors. And, I, and I'm going to caveat everything I said as well by saying how readily available it was because obviously I've got the Roma um, Derby shirt uh, without a sponsor and obviously mm. they were on the pitch with, with the... Um, with the sponsor on however it was not readily available yeah. with a sponsor so that's completely different it wasn't a choice that is that you've genuinely just said i'm gonna put them in 101 but i'm not gonna put my favorite shirt of all time in 101 yeah everybody else is going do you get my point about collectability though in the future a lot of people are buying shirts for resale and potentially maybe stupidly for, for retail value but don't you agree in 5, 10, 15, 20 years you want to buy the one that the players have on pitch yeah but I still think a friendly counts though because if you can google an image and they're wearing it without a sponsor I will back up Tom that if anybody wants to put a name set on it you need to pick somebody that played in the friendly but the shirt was still worn and you can google it and they don't have the sponsor on it and it looks amazing I disagree. I think if it's more than a friendly, you know, you, ha- you have players trialists turn out for clubs in pre-season friendlies, but it doesn't mean they play for that club. It's the same, same thing for a shirt with a friendly, I think. You know what? I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I think you guys have made this a very complicated issue. <laughs> and I'm going to break it back down by saying for me, every shirt I own that is sponsorless, I would have preferred to have got with the sponsor on. So I have a Bayern Munich 97 long sleeve home shirt without a sponsor. I would have preferred to have that with the sponsor on every day of the week. I've got a couple. I've got a Utrecht shirt, which was available readily without a sponsor. I don't care. I've got it without a sponsor. I would happily get it put back on. So for me, it just comes down to that. Purely based on aesthetics, for me, they go in no matter what, because I would always take a sponsored version. I have to agree with you because the Roman Derby shirt looks better with a sponsor. And in the 2002-2003 season, 
Real Madrid added Siemens Mobile sponsor to their kits for Europe, and I do think they look better. But I'm still saying I can't put them in room 101 because I don't want to lose that 0102 Real Madrid shirt. Right, should we have should we have a vote and see where we're going on this? Uh, Scott, you're saying not in room 101. Not in. Mike, you're saying it's in room 101. In. Tom. Yeah, definitely in. It's in. Boom. Door slam shut. Sorry, Scott. This pod is... Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Stop reading the reviews and concentrate on the job in hand, please. Speaking of reviews, we're going to plead again, just like we have been pleading at the end of every episode in the last few weeks. Please, can you go on to wherever you listen to this great podcast and leave us a review? Even a mediocre review at this point would be would be lovely. All the feedback we get is uh, really helpful and is much appreciated. So yeah, please, if you enjoy it, please leave a review. Yeah, and it's very important. All feedback is good. And just to add on to that, anyone who can't understand what Scott's saying, he's not being offensive. <laughs> it's just the way he speaks. Um, and we'll try and figure out something with subtitles or something. This has definitely been a very Nations League oriented <laughs> uh, pod, I feel, this <laughs> That's the only competition you're in, Scott, so it's fair enough. Uh, On that note, let's say goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.